0: You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Hi, this is Dr. Vera Bittner, President of the National Lipid Association. I'd like to welcome you to Lipid Luminations, hosted by Dr. Alan Brown and presented by the National Lipid Association. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking with Dr. Keith Ferdinand. Keith is a clinical professor at Emory University Division of Cardiology and also the Chief Science Officer for the Association of Black Cardiologists. He has published multiple articles on the treatment of hypertension in African American patients, as well as in dealing with the metabolic syndrome. So I'm very excited to talk to him today about how metabolic syndrome may present differently in the African American population and how we might adjust our therapies to make the appropriate risk assessment and also the appropriate treatments. So Keith, thank you very much, and welcome to Lipid Illuminations. My pleasure, Alan. Tell me a little bit about the differences in how metabolic syndrome might present in the African-American population versus uh, others and what's unique about it.
1: Well, first of all, as you know, the metabolic syndrome is not actually a disease. It is indeed just a cluster of physical and biochemical derangements. And main parts of it, abdominal obesity, low HDL, triglycerides, blood pressure, insulin resistance, you would expect would be higher in African-Americans because if you look at the endpoints, of what you would have if you had the metabolic syndrome, frank diabetes, poorly controlled blood pressure with heart attacks and strokes, those things are higher in African Americans. But lo and behold, on some of the reported NHANES data, and there's an excellent paper by Dr. Ford, it was published in JAMA in 2002, the prevalence of the metabolic syndrome using the Incep criteria is actually lower in African Americans than Mexican Americans, And in African-American men, it's only 16% versus in white men, it's 25%. African-American females, only 26% versus white females, it's about 23%. Not much difference. So here's the conundrum. Diabetes is higher. First heart attack and coronary heart disease mortality is higher. End-stage renal disease is higher. Hypertension and strokes and progression to heart failure is higher. But metabolic syndrome rates are not higher. That's the conundrum.
0: So what do you think about that? Do you think that maybe this clustering around insulin resistance that we call the metabolic syndrome in other populations is a different kind of a genetic predisposition in the African Americans?
1: Well, I think genes does play a part of it. As you know, human beings are all basically the same. We're 99.9% the same. But there may be some nuances, for instance, in lipoprotein lipase that affects triglyceride levels it appears that even if you look at people who are insulin-resistant or have obesity, especially black females, where you have a high rate of overweight and obesity, the triglyceride levels are quite low. So if one of the three out of the five that you need to get to make that diagnosis of metabolic syndrome is totally taken out, not elevated triglycerides, lo and behold, you've missed the opportunity to detect someone at risk. Another one of the criteria is an elevated HDL. And I know, Alan, you've done thousands of lipid profile in African-Americans, and you often see people who have disease, obesity, hypertension. Some of them may even have had a heart attack, and their HDLs are in the 50s and 60s. And it appears that hepatic lipase levels may be a little different. Now, that might be changing because HDL can be environmentally affected. But the triglyceride data appears to be fairly robust, that despite insulin resistance, despite obesity. African-Americans have lower triglycerides. So I think it's the arbitrary cut points is why we are missing this clustering around obesity, hypertension, insulin resistance, which is really there in African-Americans. But when you take that 150 triglycerides, the HDL of 40 and 50, you're going to miss it by those arbitrary cut points.
0: So as one of the leading experts in the world on this topic, how would you reshape our diagnostic criteria to fit the African-American population?
1: Well, there are several ways we can approach this. One is, you know, the metabolic syndrome defined by NCEP criteria doesn't take into account microalbuminuria. Well, the World Health Organization does, and microalbuminuria is a marker for vascular disease, endothelial dysfunction, and hypertension, and you have more microalbuminuria in african Americans, so you're going to pick it up there. The other thing is to recognize this dichotomy of the metabolic syndrome versus the risk for heart disease and diabetes because of low triglycerides. And Dr. Ann Summer from NIH has said, well, just take the triglycerides out. You can either adjust the triglycerides down and say if you see a black person with a triglyceride that's 150 or 145 or 140, it's still high, or just take it out and just use four criteria. Using four criteria, then you're going to pick up those persons who are at increased risk because you're not going to have that artificial 3 out of 5 looking at triglycerides.
0: So let me ask you something else, Keith, and it occurs to me as I listen to this. You know, we say that one of the great things about having the so-called metabolic syndrome, as it's classically described, is that those patients who have this cluster of different risk factors... Respond phenomenally to lifestyle. A 7 to 10 percent reduction in weight translates into big improvements in their glucoses, their blood pressure, their lipids, etc. Now, is this also true in the African American population? Are they exquisitely sensitive to lifestyle modification? And if so, what should they do?
1: Sure, absolutely. There are two. One is the diabetes prevention program. There were significant African Americans in that program, and they did appear to respond to the increased activity level and controlled diet with weight loss in terms of protecting against progression of diabetes. The other is the DASH diet. Now, the DASH diet specifically targeted hypertension, which is one of the components of metabolic syndrome, but there are some data that the DASH diet also helps with maintaining weight and decreasing insulin resistance. So exercise, more fruits and vegetables, avoiding refined carbohydrates, helps everybody regardless of race or ethnicity. I think we have to recognize that the metabolic syndrome is identifying a syndrome. It's not identifying a disease. So if you have a blood pressure that's 180 out of 110, and I know in the Chicago area you'll see a lot of people in stage renal disease, heart failure, and the main reason was poorly controlled hypertension. Those patients are at increased risk even if they don't meet that magic three out of five. So we can't get hung up with checking off the box on the NSEP ATP3 guidelines and tell a person who's sitting in front of you with severe hypertension, obesity, glucose intolerance, but their triglycerides are okay and their HDL is 50, tell them, well, you know, you look like these patients I call metabolic syndrome, but you don't have the diagnosis. That just doesn't make sense.
0: So if I got you right, you said if you really want to be a techno-geek and you want to add up risk factors to determine whether you have metabolic syndrome, it might be better in African-Americans to forget the triglycerides and any four of the other diagnostic criteria rather than any three. Yeah, you're going to pick up more. Do you test routinely for microalbuminuria in these patients, and how would you fit that into your approach to diagnosis?
1: Well, JMC-7 suggested for all hypertensives that a test for microalbuminuria would be a pre-screening test. So I would suggest that anyone who you suspect with metabolic syndrome to test for microalbuminuria, and if you look at the World Health Organization criteria, once those things are positive, because microalbuminuria is one of the two things that you can add to the traditional INSEP criteria, along with insulin resistance, then you're going to pick up more patients doing that. So 40%, 50% of people who are 40 or 50 have hypertension in African American community. By the time you're 60, it's a 70% chance you have hypertension. If you're obese, there's an increased risk of hypertension. If you have glucose intolerance, there's an increased risk of hypertension. So you have a lot of reasons to get a microalbuminuria screening in these patients. And if it's positive, even if the triglycerides are low and HDL is okay, I would say they have metabolic syndrome using different criteria.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Lipid Illuminations on ReachMD XM160. I'm Dr. Alan Brown, your host, and our guest today is Dr. Keith Ferdinand. We're discussing assessment of metabolic syndrome in the African-American population. So, Keith, uh, with that fascinating introduction... What specific guidelines for treatment are there that might relate specifically to African-Americans? And once you've made the diagnosis, do you have a different approach to treatment in African-Americans versus other patients?
1: Well, and as we've already discussed, lifestyle modification, increased activity, avoiding refined sugars, avoiding alcohol, actually helps all patients regardless of race or ethnicity. Now, when you get to the, each of the individual risk factors, there may be some nuances in treating African Americans. Even within the metabolic syndrome, the primary goal of therapy is still the LDLC, the low-density lipoprotein cholesterol. If you're going to target those patients, there's several things you need to know about statins in African Americans. One is, don't get a baseline CPK, or if you get it, recognize that it may be a little bit higher in African American men and women, especially African American men. And if you get it, and you don't get it at baseline, but you get it because the person has some vague symptoms, you should then recognize that you may over-diagnose myopathy based on an increase in CK because you may not have seen it at baseline. The other thing is that there's some small data sets comparing whites and blacks that suggest there may be some differences in how they respond to statins with lesser response to statins in blacks versus whites. Now, I did a trial looking at resuvastatin and statin in over 600 African-Americans, and we did see lowering of the LDL as expected, but it wasn't at the same rate that you would see in a white population. Again, we don't know whether this is genetics. If you eat a respectable, healthy diet, you can lower LDLC about 5 to 6%. Even within the clinical trial, African-Americans may not modify their diet as much, so maybe they blunt some of the effects of statins, but I think a clinician really should be aware of that, that there are some data that suggest that there may be some nuances in how they respond to statins. In terms of hypertension, as you know, the JNC6 and the JNC7 both have suggested everybody should be on a thiazide-type diuretic unless contraindicated. Well, the thing that's always bothered physicians who deal with metabolic diseases, endocrinologists, cardiologists, is that there is really a new-onset diabetes that's been described with thiazide-type diuretics. Now, what the thiazide people will tell you is that within all hat it didn't make a difference whether you had metabolic syndrome or whether you had diabetes and you were placed on clothalidone. You still did just as well. And in the black cohort, you did better on clothalidone, even with metabolic syndrome and diabetes in terms of cardiovascular events, than lisinopril. Here's what Paul Harvey used to call the rest of the story. We now have data... That if you're adding to an ACE inhibitor, a long-acting calcium channel blocker, like amlodipine versus a thiazide diuretic, you can get similar blood pressure. And in the accomplished trial, which was reported by Ken Jamison out of Michigan, it appeared to even have better cardiovascular protection. So I think with metabolic syndrome and diabetes, our concern with glucose intolerance, new onset diabetes is real. I don't think that it contraindicates the use of a thiazide, but we now have outcome data that an alternative, if you're going to have a RAS blocking agent, specifically an ACE inhibitor, an alternative is a long-acting calcium channel blocker added to the ACE inhibitor. You don't have to use a thiazide. Now, I don't know what JNC-8 is going to be. I was one of the chairs of JNC-6. I was on JNC-7. I'm not on JNC-8, so I'm not saying that this is going to be a change in guidelines, but we do have evidence that you can put these patients not only on an ACE or an ARB if they can't tolerate an ACE, but a long-acting dihydropyridine calcium channel blocker in combination.
0: So if you were going to give advice to the average physician out there dealing with prevention and you wanted to give them the 30-second snippet about, here's the things that we should be thinking about when we have an African-American patient coming in for preventative therapy versus a, a white patient, what would the summary be of the issues?
1: First thing is don't get hung up on checking off boxes to make a diagnosis of metabolic syndrome. The triglyceride level difference appears to be real. It's been reproduced in multiple studies. Secondly, recognize that just looking at the criteria per se doesn't make an assessment of risk. And black patients tend to have more severe difficult to treat hypertension, remodeling of the vasculature, more left ventricular hypertrophy, more preclinical and clinical kidney disease. So you can't just check a box. You have to look at Not only does that person have elevated blood pressure, but is it associated with left ventricular hypertrophy, vascular disease, or renal disease? And so I would do a calculated GFR. I would look closely for kidney disease. I'd do microalbuminuria. And then I would say to that person, look, you need to change your lifestyle. And while you are doing that, let me tell you about some medicines that may help you. Because as you know, again, Alan, I know you've dealt with a lot of black patients some patients are really adverse, and white patients too, to this idea that medications help. And what I tell patients is they say, look, we've done the study already. Put one people on sugar pill and put another group of people on the medications. The one in the placebo, which is the sugar pill, have more heart attack, strokes, kidney disease, and overall death. Do you really want that? And they kind of get it when you explain to them like that.
0: Yeah, that's great, Keith. Yeah, I always tell my patients when they tell me they want to be natural that 100 years ago everyone was natural. And they live to be about 38 years old. So it's not all it's cracked up to be sometimes. We've been talking with our guest, Dr. Keith Ferdinand, discussing the assessment of metabolic syndrome as well as the treatment in African-Americans. Keith, thank you very much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Lipid Luminations presented by the National Lipid Association. For more information, visit www.lipid.org.